Hey everyone, it's Andrew from the Andrew and Mike Show, and uh, just a just a quick note before we get going here tonight. Uh, this is going to be episode two. We I know we said episode two would be last Thursday, but we ran into some issues. But uh, this is going to be episode two here, starting on Tuesday, and we'll get back when we'll start doing uh, Tuesday Thursday from now on. Uh, but anyways, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be back again for another episode here on the podcast. Yep, and uh, we we may or may not have a uh, an appearance from one of our friends, Ian. Hi, uh, but uh, we'll see if he actually ends up joining us tonight. Uh, but anyways, uh, let's get right into it, man. Uh, Mel Tucker. I mean, <laughs> Jesus oh Christ, God, this is ah. Uh, I, look, I'm not going to give my thoughts on it. I don't know all the information. The the uh, the, uh, the court case is still going on. The investigation is still going on. So, But from what we do know, this guy is an idiot, man. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I just – you can't get into – whether it's consensual or not, get into a relationship with this woman – Who's there to teach your men to not rape women? I mean, yeah. what is what is he thinking? Yeah, man, Mel Tucker is crazy, and you know how they always are saying "talk coming," and he definitely came, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, he was, he was. Uh, look, look, who who had who had a coach beating his fucking beanbag uh, as, as something that would happen this season for college football? I mean, look, he he's gonna be without a job, okay? At the end of this situation, even if it was consensual or not, he broke his morality clause in his contract. He's not going to have a job after this, and 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 man, I tell you, I I was looking forward to this Washington. MSU game this week, and now, now this, I I don't know, man. Uh, just I don't know. He uh, the the thing is, the thing that bothers me about this, right, is is he knew about this months ago about all this mm-hmm. impending stuff, and the university, the university, uh, the university did everything right here. M- MSU did everything right by the book for the first time ever since their last situation. Um, but, I mean, look, they couldn't they couldn't just suspend him right away because any reporter worth their salt would have come out and, and, and tried to start digging to figure out why did they suspend him. They couldn't fire him right away because that's a lawsuit waiting to happen, just firing him without due process. So... What we have is a situation where where the school was just going to let things come as they are and not suspend him, let him keep coaching. But now, because uh, the woman's side went public, which, in my honest opinion, is not a smart thing to do for her. Uh, but now that we know this, I just... They they had to suspend him without pay, and I I don't know I I don't know what else to say, man. But yeah, it's gonna be a long road ahead for MSU. Yeah, exactly. Especially with this now, but now now I know 
as an MSU fan yourself, I, I, you're, you're just praying, praying that they find a coach who can actually get the job done. Because as a Michigan fan, I was hoping that Mel Tucker would work out because I actually liked mm-hmm. him as a coach. Uh, but I just – I don't know anymore, man. This is not good, and we'll just have to see what comes of it. But I, I know you're hoping that they come out with a, with a good coach here. Yeah, Tucker, his first year was super solid, and then last year was kind of a disappointment. Now it's just like, man, where do they go from here? Yeah, that that's that's the main question is where do they go? But uh, so so that's gonna be that that's our piece on that. Um, we we obviously have our own thoughts on it, but obviously once we know more, once we see what actually happened what transpired uh whether it was consensual or not we'll talk more on that but for now we'll just let that go and uh yeah so let's get into it uh nfl week one man there there was a lot to talk about let's start with our with our home team the lions on the road beating kansas city 21 to 20 what did you take away from that Man, all I gotta say first off is uh, shout out Kadarius Tony, player of the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know he, uh, he he did a lot of good things to the Lions that game. But man, that was such a great win for the Lions. You know they're never. It feels like they were always ones that never won those really close games, and they finally pulled off a really nice close game victory against a tough team. You know the defending Super Bowl champions at home, first game of the year coming out with a W that's that's really big yeah I, exactly I mean the Lions defense looked really good I mean Kansas City really did try to run the ball early on in the game and they just they just couldn't and they, they had they basically had them in a in a single uh not a single uh thing but a one-dimensional offense that's what I was looking for they, they could only throw the ball and and what was also crazy was was Aiden Hutchinson besides his, the the tackle that he was lining up every single play being in the backfield lining up as a running back for some fucking reason uh getting getting held damn near every fucking play still was able to pressure Mahomes he didn't get any sacks Mahomes never gets sacked and but still to be able to pressure Mahomes and almost get him sacked a couple times you got to give it to the kid man Hutch is a beast yeah, man, Hutch went off, and that was such a big theme after the game as well. That that tackle, false starting like every single play, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. I don't know how he got away with with the the false starts and lining up in the backfield. And and the thing is too is that you could tell when it was a run play or a pass play. He he was he was basically telling the defensive line and the linebackers if it was a run or a pass play because. He he would line up in the backfield on a pass play, but on the run play, he's right up on the on the line where he's supposed to be the entire game. So mm-hmm. so yeah, the, he he was tipping off you know what Kansas City was doing, but even still, the Lions' defense, especially up the middle now, looks legit. Um, he, he also had contributions. He had the pick six from uh from Brian Branch uh, on a difficult catch that was tipped to him he had, he had to reach back for it and just took it to the house that was that, I mean that that turned the game around for the Lions realistically 
Yeah, it was a big takeaway uh, right after halftime. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, you had you had Carolina and Atlanta playing, uh, you know, the battle of mid. To, it, it's just, I, I don't even know. You, uh, uh, Atlanta's quarterback, numb nuts. Uh, what's his? Yeah, it doesn't four for four, zero yards. Like what? Yeah, at, at one point, know. Jesus. That game was carried by Tyler Algier and uh, B. John Robinson, the running backs. Man, basically just like won them that game. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was inc- that was incredibly bad. Like, like. At one point in the game, Ritter was four for four with zero yards. He he was two for two at minus twelve yards, to to give you, you know what that was early on in the game for him. But I mean, Atlanta, uh, their their running offense looked pretty solid, but I mean you're not gonna get anywhere with this quarterback, man. Nah. And uh, they might win their division, but. Tampa Bay beating Minnesota, and Minnesota's not a bad team. They're not a good team either, but it, it, this this uh, NFC South is going to be a pretty tight division, I think, between I, really all four of these teams with with uh, Carolina, Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, and uh, and Tampa. Um, what other games did we have this week that were that were good? Um, well, you had. Uh, yeah, the Commanders coming back to beat the Cardinals. They were they were down for a bit there. Um, ended up winning. Uh, yeah, the Niners blowing out the Steelers thirty to seven on Sunday. What do you think about that one? Yeah, the Niners to me look like the best team this weekend. You know, either them or the Cowboys had probably the best performance, just dominating. The 49ers still look like a complete team, man. Brock Purdy still getting the job done for them. Yeah, I, look, I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy. I, I, I think he'll get you to the playoffs. I don't think he'll get you anywhere after that. I'm, I'm just the Niners' defense looked incredible. Uh, I know you could talk. About, I, I think they play. They, they were the best defense uh, this weekend. I know you could talk about Dallas's defense shutting out the Giants, but at the same time, the Giants are pretty bad. So, um, for that, it's it's kind of just like a. Uh, it, what what Dallas did is something that never happens, right? I mean, it, it's hard to hold a team to zero, especially in the modern NFL. Um, but but yeah, I think the Niners definitely look like a complete team. Quarterback still questionable for me, but yeah, uh, good game all around for the Niners. Um, the, the the Titans and Saints game, man. What was that? Man, that was just. That was such a weird game, man. The Titans just, yeah, they just don't have it anymore, man, like they used to. No, they they don't. It, that was just, that was the most pathetic brand of football from both teams that I've ever seen in the NFL. I mean, Jesus. What was it, one touchdown scored in the entire game? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man, that was... That's just pathetic. You, yeah, Tennessee is they're they're done for, and the Saints if they play like that, oh, they they're not gonna be even close to the division. Uh, the Bucks upsetting the Vikings like we mentioned, 
Um, kind, kind of shocking because I, I kind of I, I took the Vikings on that one, but yeah, I mean, are the I think the Vikings might be the number three team in in the NFC North. I think Green Bay really proved, and Jordan Love proved that they they might be a legit threat to the Lions this season. We'll have to see, but Jordan Love looked incredible this weekend. Yeah, he did. The Bears' defense, I mean, it is the Bears' defense, but uh, Love looked incredible. Green Bay just dominated Chicago. Yeah, um, I, I just, Love was really good. I fear that he's going to be, uh, you know, just, just the next Aaron Rodgers. And Well, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, man, <sighs> you just you just hate to see it. You hate to see it. That um, was just crazy, man. Like, I I saw so many, like, different memes and stuff. And, of course, like, um, hope the guy, you know, has somewhat of a recovery. I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to play again after having this Achilles tear at almost 40 years old, man. Um, but there was, like, such a joke out there that um, – you know, all the people who bet on Aaron Rodgers lost their money or had him on their fantasy team. Um, I'm pretty sure that all the sports books voided all the uh, all the bets that happened because of the injury. But yeah, just crazy seeing that happen. Just so shocking. Yeah, it's. I mean, this this guy. I mean, he's he's what 39 years old now. Uh, you tear an Achilles. It's very. It's a very hard injury to come back from. Uh, more so, like like you heal quickly with these. The problem is, is mentally you don't heal. Um, you know, a lot of guys say like the hardest part of recovery from these are is just being able to trust that ankle again. Trust that when you plant that foot, you won't just fall flop over and be in pain. You know, it's. It's such a difficult injury to come back mentally, and at 40 years old, I mean, well, almost 40 years old, he, he you gotta, you gotta wonder, was that his last game in the NFL? I don't think it is, but it, it's a huge blow to him because uh, he's, he's like he's like we said, he's gonna be out the rest of the season, um, and and the the mental uh, part of this recovery is is it might it might get to him. Um, it's not to take away from anything. I know. I think he just has a lot of pride, and he won't retire from this. But y- you just hate to see it, man. Like I don't. I don't wish injury on players ever. But you just hate to see it, man. <laughs> you hate yeah. to see it. You, you know, he gave he gave us nightmares as Lions fans, uh, for years. Yeah. So it's kind of like. You just hate to see it. <laughs> you just hate man, to see it. His only highlights for the Jets is him carrying out the American flag, man. Yeah, exactly. You go down four plays into the game, and and I mean that that's it. That's that's your entire time as a Jet in season one, and it's just I feel bad for Jets fans, you know, like. <laughs> They, they were so hyped up. Just, like, did you see? There was, uh, there was a guy. His wife was recording it. He was, I mean, he was just dejected. He was crying, and his wife recording it, laughing at him. Like, 
that, like that that kind of reminded me of something. It's like it's like as Lions fans, if that happened to like Jared Goff this year, I I feel like a lot of Lions fans would just like stop caring forever about this team because <laughs> all all the bad luck that this franchise has had over the last 30, 40, 50 years, that would be the last straw, especially because we have so much, you know, hype around the Lions. I just, it's, it's, uh, it's just sad to see. You, you, you feel bad for these Jets fans. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, you know, but I, I don't, I don't like that guy. A lot of people don't like him. I don't wish injuries on people, but it's just, it's just kind of funny to me. Let's, let's just leave it at that. But now, now the question is for the Jets is what? Where do they go from here? Because I don't think Zach Wilson is that guy. I I I was very high on him, but after seeing last year, I don't think he's that guy. What do you think they're gonna do here? Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked if they roll with Zach Wilson just for the rest of the season, and then maybe make some plays in the off season or the draft or something. Or hopefully, if Rodgers does come back, maybe he'll be able to come back sometime mid-next year. Um, there's been rumors already, some crazy rumors about Kaepernick coming back, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, um, a whole bunch of different quarterbacks that are just shells of themselves coming out. Um, I think like James Winston was a name thrown out there. I'm really not sure what they can do. There's just not really too much available. I feel like they'll just ride it out with Zach Wilson for the rest of this year. Yeah, I I I agree. I don't I don't think the Jets are gonna try to make any crazy move to to get you know the, the shell of Tom Brady, wheel him out in a in a fucking wheelchair, uh, out on that field or Kaepernick. That I mean he's he's not good. I mean, he's he hasn't played in God knows how long. So. Uh yeah, I, I think the Jets are just gonna roll with Wilson. Um but what what I'm what I'm scared of and I don't think the Lions would do this, but the Jets try to trade for Bridgewater. But I really hope the Lions just say no, we're we're not dealing him because if Goff goes down, we need somebody to carry us through, you know, however long Goff is out. So I think the Jets are gonna just roll with Wilson here. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did try to make some moves because, t- to me, it was it was what the Jets think is that they're they were just a quarterback away from being able to to win their division and make a run at the playoffs. So I think really, if the Jets are still serious about that, they're going to try and get a quarterback that isn't Zach Wilson. But we'll just have to wait and see about that. So um. So now let's get into some college football action over the weekend. We had an incredible game between Bama and Texas. And I told you, and I'm still going to say it every single week, every single podcast, Texas is back. Say it with me, Mike. Texas Texas is back. back. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, man, they are back. And it, that was an incredible game. Bama is not the Bama of old. You know, they're they're not good. They don't have that elite quarterback play. They don't have that elite defensive line. Texas lit them up. And I'm, I'm telling you, what Sharkeesian is building in Texas, 
it's going to be big. I don't know if Texas is going to make the uh, college football playoff still, but right now they're sitting number four, so we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, that was probably the biggest game of the weekend besides maybe Miami upsetting Texas A&M. What do you think about those two games? Yeah, so I'm so glad that Texas ended up beating Bama. I, you know, was skeptical at first because Bama always seems to pull out some crazy wins, but Texas showing that they're one of the top teams in the country here. And I believe they're like in um, top five now for the AP poll. And of course, Miami upsetting uh, Texas A&M. I think you actually predicted that as well, that that could happen uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Texas definitely has a good shot at, uh, you know, college football playoff and a uh, huge win over Bama. Yeah, like, my, my thing is with Texas is the Big 12 tends to cannibalize itself. I think Texas wins the Big 12, but I also believe that because it's the Big 12, they're going to just lose some games that they're not supposed to lose. And, and end up missing the playoffs. But at the same time, I also really think Texas could end up going undefeated and make the playoffs. So we'll just have to wait and see about that. Um, obviously, Texas A&M and Miami. Miami upsetting them. And I, I said it last week. I don't like Texas A&M. They, they just... There's something about that team and that program that just irks me. And I'm really glad Miami won that game. Um, and and I just... I, I kind of just started laughing when when all this was... When this game was happening. Because I was just like... I was rooting so hard against Texas A&M. And, they're, and they just couldn't get the job done. And I told you, Texas A&M should not have been ranked at all. They... they if, because they're, I think there's a little bit of SEC bias, which is why they were ranked. Uh, but that's a that's a story for another day. That's a topic for another day. Whether there is bias in these rankings, there is. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, let's see. You had uh, Colorado, Nebraska. No surprise there. Colorado yeah. beating Nebraska. That it was it was kind of funny uh, listening to that broadcast. Uh, with, with all these interceptions that, uh, uh, what's his name? Sims, I think, from Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, was, was throwing all these picks. And, and it, it it's kind of telling when, when Gus Johnson's dumbass is out there saying <laughs> that, that this guy is, is ruining this game for, for the other players. And, and yet, they still roll out with him in the second half. That kind of tells you that if Jeff Sims, if if Jeff Sims is the best they got, and he's playing that bad, and you still will roll him out in the second half and not try your second string guy, that tells you how just how bad that quarterback room is at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean that that is just sad. I still think Colorado's overrated. Once they go play a real team and get their asses handed to them, we'll see them fall in the uh, in the rankings. Um, Ohio State and Youngstown State, 
Ohio State did not look good. I know they won 35-7, to but they they didn't look good. McCord did not impress me at all. There's still a lot of problems with the running game. Uh, Ryan Day has not been able to develop a, a quarterback, really. I mean, this this is really his first fully developed quarterback. Um, and, and I just – Kyle McCord is not that guy. What do you think about this? Yeah, Ohio State definitely not as strong this year. Uh, I think Ryan Day has, you know, been kind of on the hot seat last couple years after they lost both games to Michigan last two years. So uh, we'll have to see where he goes from here. But he they got to do something to turn it around. Or I think the Michigan game, you know, Michigan's been clicking pretty good so far this year. I think that they will have no problem handling Ohio State, which that's pretty rare to say, but I mean, this year they definitely have the better team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, Michigan is Michigan. They're, they're looking good. The run game for Michigan is still concerning to me. They haven't been able to do much on the ground. And Donovan Edwards, man, you, you, <laughs> this guy, uh, like, like during during the offseason, he was on some podcasts, and he, and he, sa- he said... He's, he's revolutionizing the game, doing all the things that guys like Christian McCaffrey does and, and Derrick Henry does. And it's just like, dude, you're not, you know, you're not revolutionizing anything. You're, you're doing the same thing everyone else does. And, and, and now he can't even run, you know, more than eight yards against UNLV or, or uh, East Carolina. It was, I'm just like, if you're going to talk about how great you are and how you revolutionize the game, at least back it up against these really bad teams that you should be, you know, hitting 40, 50 yard runs on, you know, early on in the game, but he's just not doing it. Michigan's offensive line isn't as good as it was in the last two years. And, you know, even though Blake Corum can still put up pretty good plays He's not looking that strong, but I think that's more just to do with the fact that this offensive line can't move anyone anymore. And they haven't been able to cover in these first two games against UNLV and East Carolina. I think Penn State might be the best team in the Big Ten right now, and it pains me to say that as a Michigan fan, and I'm pretty sure you as a State fan cringe at me saying that, but (laughs) just they're the only team that's been able to cover in the Big Ten right now. and I mean – I think Penn State might be able to pull this off. What do you think? Yeah, I think they definitely have a really good sh- chance. I, I'm still going to roll with Michigan. I do think Michigan will end up winning out and going undefeated again this season. But I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if Penn State ended up upsetting them uh, this year. Yeah, I, I just – I know there's a lot of time before Michigan even plays a real game because the, the first real game now, it's not even – uh, MSU, it's now it's now Penn State because well M- MSU doesn't have a head coach now, um, but I'm just I I still think Michigan will win win out. I think they will go into Happy Valley and still win, but it I'm gonna be you know on the edge of my seat the entire game because I'm just gonna be that nervous um, uh, in in this game because Penn State looks legit. It's just a matter of can their coach actually go out there and beat Michigan in the big game. 
uh, and and that's something he hasn't been able to do yet. But we'll just have to wait and see when that time comes. Um, talking about not covering Georgia and Ball State, Georgia didn't even cover against Ball State. They won forty-five to three, and Georgia was. F- Let me see what Georgia was favored by at kickoff. Uh, they were favored by according to Caesar Sportsbook forty-two. So they did cover there on FanDuel. They were favored by forty-five. So depending on your book, they didn't cover. Um, I use FanDuel, so they didn't cover for me. Uh, and Georgia looks good. They just don't look as good as they did the last two years. Um, they got a rookie quarterback, but I think they they might be uh, struggling here uh, in the in the SEC. They might they'll probably still win the SEC. Maybe LSU will still. There there is that side bet I have on that, but I think I think you know Georgia has a lot to to improve on as well as Michigan, and I think those two teams will improve this year, but. Again, only time will tell with those. Um, you, you had a nail-biter in Utah and Baylor. Utah went into Baylor, um, kind of really expected to, to beat them pretty handedly, but it was incredibly hot there, and, and they only won by, by a touchdown. Um, but Baylor actually ended up playing a really good game defensively because holding that offense to only 20 – Quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought Utah would handle Baylor pretty easily, but uh, Baylor kind of bouncing back a little bit after their embarrassing loss last week, um, giving Utah somewhat of a fight. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, you know, I think the weather had something to do with it, obviously. Utah's not used to playing in that extreme heat. And that's why I think also Oregon didn't really uh, play that well against Texas Tech. And I thought Tech was at one point going to upset Oregon there. And, and you know, I think the weather down in Texas had had a lot to do with these games. Uh, speaking of the Oregon game, did, did you see anything from that game? I mean, that was, that was a lot more contested than I thought it would have been. And it, it was interesting to say the least. Yeah, so I saw the highlights of the game. I didn't watch any of the game uh, live, but yeah, Oregon. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, a close fought battle here between uh, the two teams here. Um, Oregon, you know, is definitely one of those top teams, and uh, we'll have to see how they how they move uh, forward after that uh, tough win. Yeah, um, it, it was it was a tough game for Oregon. Uh, I'm glad they did pull it off. I do think Oregon has a good shot at, you know, the Pac-12 title. Um, but, yeah, uh, UCLA beating San Diego State 35-10. to um, I have some notes here from that game. Uh, Dante Moore, he, he went to MLK High School in, in Michigan. Uh, I, he is that guy, dude. Like, he, he is that guy. I mean... That that kid can ball, um, like like I've never seen before. He, as a true, what he's doing as a as a true freshman, 
uh, as a quarterback. Uh, he he looks really good. He went 17 for 27, 290, 290 uh, and three touchdowns in this win. And, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, UCLA might be a dark horse for this conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he definitely showed out. Great seeing uh, one of the local guys, uh, you know, going out um, and balling out here. Yeah, it, it was really good. Um, just a couple other games to look at from this weekend. Obviously, Penn State beating Delaware 63-7. to like I said, the only team in the Big Ten to cover this week and um, and actually cover so far this season at all. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Tulane uh, and, and Ole Miss going against each other, twenty versus twenty-four. Uh, Ole Miss with the win, thirty-seven to twenty. Kind of expected that one. Uh, Tulane no longer ranked as of this week, but I I think. I think Tulane got done a little dirty there with the rankings. I think there's a couple teams that are in the rankings now uh, from this past week that shouldn't be, uh, like Iowa and Washington State. I know Washington State had the win over Wisconsin, but let's be honest here. Wisconsin, not that good. Yeah, and you made that a point last week that uh, you thought Wisconsin was definitely overrated and that they might lose outright, and they did. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this win I don't think Wazoo being ranked just like Wisconsin it shouldn't be a thing um and Iowa man (laughs) Iowa is 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 hilarious they're ranked um after their win uh, in the battle of of Iowa um here's the problem though um their offensive coordinator has to average 25 points this season um they haven't even hit 25 points at all this season. And if you can't do that in today's modern college football as a Power 5 conference, I don't think you should have your job. They've scored 24 and 20 points. Now he has to average like 27 points the rest of the season. And I don't think Iowa can do that. I know they upgraded the quarterback position with uh, with Cade McNamara. And, but, I mean, this is, this is just kind of hilarious at this point. And, uh, they, they have Penn State in two weeks, and I think they're going to get their butts handed to them there. Yeah, Iowa, man. Always known for the defense, and just they just still can't get this offense going. Yeah, this their their defense, I they have probably one of the top defenses in the country. The problem with them is the offense. I don't think they should be ranked. I don't think Wazoo should be ranked. I don't think Colorado or Duke should even be ranked. Obviously, they're ranked because of their, their wins over ranked opponents in week one. Uh, Miami definitely should be in, in the rankings, and they are. They're at number 22. But, man, it's it's just kind of kind of funny. And Bama falling all the way to 10 uh, after losing to Texas, who rises from go, from 11 up to 4. So right now your top your your playoff picture is, is is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas. If USC at number five, OSU fell back one. So OSU and uh, USC f- swapping spots after this week. 
Penn State still holding strong at seven. Washington at number eight. Notre Dame at nine. And then, then you know, Bama at ten. Uh, and Tennessee fell two spots as well to eleven. Um, so what what are what are your takeaways with the current rankings, at least in in this top ten? Yeah, I definitely think they're solid right now. You know, Florida State had that big win over LSU, Texas with the big win, so they're bumping them up for sure. And Bama, um, you know, being knocked down so far, and Ohio State being knocked down because they haven't been too impressive this year. I think it's justifiable. I think that there isn't anything too crazy um, with the rankings. Yeah, I, I agree. Um you could almost argue Texas should be ahead of Florida State. Um, obviously, they both have big ranked wins against really good opponents. So um, I th- I, they're fine where they're at. You you can make the argument, you know, Texas ahead of Florida State. Um, but but yeah, I I have no problems with these rankings so far, except for at the at the bottom. Obviously, like I said, Iowa, uh, Washington State, and Duke, maybe even Colorado. Um, but yeah, UNC also fell down three spots to twenty after this weekend with the win though against uh, against uh, App State. But the problem is, is they went to two overtimes with App State, and uh, I just I, I know App State's kind of just a meme, but they're they are like the school that just upsets everyone. I know they they had the big upset many years ago against Michigan which still gives me nightmares to this day. Uh, I think it was two years ago they beat Texas A&M. Is, is that right? Um, I do remember them beating some some other big uh, school, yeah, within the last couple years. Yeah, they, they just... Uh, it, it was just... Um, App State's just one of those schools that just, like, you don't think anything of them, and then they just come and scare you. And, and they did with UNC. So, yeah, lo- losing three spots in the rankings is justified uh, just because that was a team that you should beat handedly. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that kind of just wraps up uh, the week uh, two review and week one review of the NFL. Thursday we'll get into the previews for the week, but... Uh, just for um, this weekend, because we have some Thursday games uh, this week, we're just going to preview. We get, uh, yeah, M- Navy and Memphis might be the only really notable game because Miami's taking on Bethune. Uh, yeah, you know, that's just going to be an <laughs> yeah. easy win. Navy and Memphis, obviously no one really cares. Um, yeah. But two games. You got Memphis is favored by 14 and a half if that's anything. Um, I think Memphis wins that handedly. And then uh, as for the NFL on Thursday, who do we got Thursday, actually? Um, Eagles Vikings. Ah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, they, they, got, they got Philly favored by seven. My problem is is yes, the Vikings took a bad loss to um, uh, to the Bucks, and uh, so I know Philly obviously is going to be majorly favored on this one. 
I don't think that spread's going to be that close. I think the Vikings more than cover, but the Eagles still, I think, will win on Thursday night. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think that um, the Vikings come out and, you know, try and show, uh, you know, at least some respect for their team after the uh, the loss to Tampa Bay, but I think Philadelphia still ends up winning that game. Yeah, it's, it's a road game for Minnesota, so I think obviously the Eagles have everything in their advantage. They have probably the best team in the NFC still. Uh, you could obviously make an argument for San Francisco, but I don't trust Brock Purdy on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Eagles win, but I think the Vikings cover here. Um, I just I just don't see them losing by a touchdown or more. There, there's just no way. Um, I, I think they will bounce back after last week's loss. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the rest of the weekend on Thursday's episode. Um, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Help us out. Uh, that'd be uh, very appreciated. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys on Thursday. Mike, take it away. All right. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh... We'll see you guys next Thursday with a whole bunch of uh, new previews and I hope to see you there for episode number three. Take care, everyone. Yep. And uh, we will hopefully have our good friend Ian on on Thursday as well. Forgot to mention that. And uh, yeah, with that said, we'll have more previews for you and maybe a little bit of a game uh, with the college football coming up this week. And uh, yeah. We will see you guys on Thursday.